Hey, 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 you guys. I am so excited to have our special guest with us on Black Canvas. I actually started listening to his music just recently, and I became a huge fan. One of his favorite um, videos that I love, which was Country Kids, and I just talked to Styles about it, tell him how much I love that video. But we're just so excited to have him here as a guest on this show. And so if you guys have not heard of Styles Hari, you're going to hear about him today. And yes, you guys... And I was just so surprised when he told me, he's like, that's my name. I, I was like, oh, that's cool. And so he grew up in Northeast Ohio. Um, Styles Hari connected with music at a very early age. Styles formed his first band in the fourth grade playing country music out of his dad's garage. Influenced by his favorite entertainers, if y'all know of Kenny Chesney and ACDC, he channeled that same energy into entertaining crowds of his own. He notes his live show has become a personal journey for him, one where he lets you in on his infectious energy that leaves you wanting more. Styles' talent has already earned him opening tour spots for artists like Jake Owen. You guys, I love Jake Owen. He is amazing. Chris Jensen, Uncle Cracker, and most recently, Darius Rucker, to name a few. He's an avid fisherman and hunter. Styles is equally committed to family music and the outdoors, often citing his real-life inspiration in his songs. From marrying his hometown girlfriend to the ups and downs of adulthood and fatherhood, his friendships and pastimes to the peace that he has found in the life that he leads. And we're so glad to have you, Styles, here as a guest on Black Canvas. Thank you so much for being here. Jeriel, thanks so much for having me, man. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here and uh, hang out for a little bit. Well, this is just going to be fun for me. I'm excited to hang out too because I love me some good music, especially some some down home good country music. And when I was listening to you, I just went back to my childhood and just being such a huge fan of people that just really meant a lot to me as musicians. And one of my favorite singers is Garth Brooks. And I would have to say, you remind me of him, which is, that's, I know that might be a stretch for you. You might be saying, oh my God, Garth Brooks, but I love his voice. I love yours as well. Oh, thank you so much. And, and no, that's, that's a huge compliment. Garth is uh, one of the best in the game. And uh, you know, I have some friends here in town that, that, that wrote some songs for him and, um, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much. That's that's extremely humbling. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely grinding. Maybe maybe one day I can get to that level, but we'll see. But hey, thank you for the kind words. Oh, absolutely. So I'm excited to go straight into some of these questions. So I actually, my listeners know I like to kind of play different games as it relates to questions. So I may use a title of a song or use lyrics from a song. So today I thought I'd use some of the titles from some of your songs to create some fun questions if you're ready for me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So the first one we have is Country Kids. So what is one thing you remember from your childhood that helped you become the man that you are today? And what is one essential item that you need to live a good old country life? <laughs> um, I would have to say... Uh, one thing that I, I remember vividly as a kid uh, was, you know, enjoying the, the passion for the outdoors of hunting and fishing uh, with my old man. Um, I did that all the time uh, with him. And I would say one essential thing to have, uh, to, to always have, to live a good life, uh, I would always say probably... Uh, a good fishing rod and uh, a good rifle. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. As long as I'm not out there and I'm not the target, we okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that you said that. And so for me, growing up, um, our family was not, we weren't outdoorsmen type people. And I really wish that we were because I, I like doing things outside of my comfort zone. And so growing up, like... <laughs> That was something we just didn't do. I mean, we were in church pretty much most of the time, and we didn't get an opportunity to really do a lot of outdoors, except like basketball, football kind of stuff. But yeah. I just love being able to to be out in the open air. And so as an adult now, I've been able to kind of travel um, before COVID, pre-COVID, of course, um, going on like different cruises, going to different beaches, going, you know, to different resorts, things I've never done 
as a kid, it's kind of like you almost vicariously live through others. And then when you become an adult, you're like, man, when I get opportunity, I want to do all these things. And it's just so fun to, to have those opportunities to kind of travel and see different, different parts of the world. Well, and, and, and that's, I think what, what makes me uh, enjoy, you know, the fishing and the hunting and stuff like that is because it is, it really does feel like you're connected with nature on a different level. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting because like a lot of people may think that, you know, they think of hunting or fishing and they just think of killing and it's not, I, you know, for, for us, I didn't, I didn't grow up thinking of it that way. You know, uh, something we had always said is it's, it's God's grocery store. You know, like people talk about organic, people talk about, uh, feel the table. It doesn't get any more organic than that. And, uh, you know, growing up, you know, we weren't out there, uh, like I said, to to kill animals. You know, we were out there to put food on the table and and bring it from from field to table. And that's one thing I really truly enjoyed was watching, uh, you know, my family teach that and install that in me. Um, because it's like, um, you know filling the freezers every year with it is, is pretty cool, you know? I 100% agree with that. I feel like everyone has their own experience as it relates to um, being able to provide for the family. I'm glad that you had the opportunity for your your dad to kind of show you a lot of those things that you needed, you know? And I feel like that's kind of the good old country life. Like you said, just being able to enjoy those moments, those are memories that you can't recreate the same memory, but you can use you know, those experiences to build relationships with others. So I, I love that. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's super fun. It's like, because when we're out there and enjoying the, in the nature and, and being out in the woods or on a lake or, or in a field or wherever we're at, you know, it's, I'm, I'm never usually by myself. I'm always with a, a family member or a friend and we're making, we're making memories and we're filling freezers and, uh, and it's just a different sort of appreciation. And it's like also on a spiritual level too, is, is we're always extremely thankful, you know, uh, for the harvest, you know, and it's, it's just been a, a cool thing. So, and I think a lot of, like we were talking before, a lot of country kids out there, um, or and, and a lot of, a lot of people, all different, uh, people, whether they're even uh, city people or whatever, um, you know, they, a lot of people do enjoy that, especially when they find out. I mean, a lot of people have seen the inflation and stuff that's going on uh, in the world now. You know, having that extra freezer full never hurts, you know. That's true. And that's just another way of you saving. It's, it's a way for you investing time in others, like teaching them about values and having a good time and, and spending time with your family. But also just being aware of, hey, I can save money and this is something that I can use and it can hold us over for a few months where you can use the other money in other ways. So that's great. Yeah. So it's fun, man. So yep, those are my, uh, my two essentials. <laughs> All right. So I got a fun question for you. Now this is actually going to be part of a lyrics from a song that I really love, which is a man that didn't know nothing. And one part of lyrics that really stood out to me, I love was I picked up my share of scars, beat myself black and blue. Um, can you tell us what is one hard knock lesson that you have learned from some negative experiences you've had in your past? I would say, let me just think of something. I would say probably, and we wrote a song about this and it's not out yet. Um, and I learned this um, early on in town, uh, Nashville specifically is, is crazy in this sense is you never know who, who is connected to who and, and what person is capable of what or who they're going to be or who, you know, you just never know like really who, who anybody truly is in this town. So you, you, until you get to know them, but it's like, you could literally be talking to some guy that's connected to, you know, somebody like Garth Brooks or somebody like Darius Rucker or, or who knows, you never know, just anybody. So a lesson that, and we wrote a song about it and it's called, the new song is called Way Back Down, but 
the life lesson is uh, it's called uh, or sorry it's um, be careful how you treat people on your way up because you may see them again on your way back down and I think that is very true um, and in, in talk in, in a man that didn't know nothing talking about picking up you know the life lessons and it's uh, in that song specifically it is it's all the lessons that you know you always thought like as a kid you knew you always knew better you always thought you knew everything and oh he don't know nothing you know I, i'll do this and then it comes around it comes full circle and to the point where you do it's like over the over the time of growing up you have beaten yourself black and blue with all of these uh mistakes along the way um that you end up learning these hard knock lessons with uh that a lot of times you know your dad or your parents have warned you about and by the time you do grow up, you learn, wow, they really did know something, you know? You're right about that. And I think for me, one of the hardest lessons, I'm going to really tell myself on this. I, I said I wasn't going to bring this story up, but I think it's important <laughs> to kind of use this as a great example. So when I was in high school, uh, my freshman year, I didn't want to go to the high school I actually was forced to go to because my brother was there. My mom was like, oh, y'all both going together. I'm like, oh, man there's another place I wanted to go. Um, so I really didn't apply myself in my freshman year. I was just like, I'm going to do just enough to get by. And so I had this one teacher that we just didn't kind of see eye to eye in a lot of ways. And so what ended up happening is I failed my English class, which is so funny because that was one of my favorite classes. And so my mom was like, oh, you're going to a another Catholic school for summer school. I'm like, oh, no. And so I had to end up paying for part of it. And then my grandfather, grandfather would actually bring me um, to the, you know, each class each day. And so he would pick me up and make sure I was there. And I was like, oh man, I'm just gonna skip this. I'm not gonna go. And so I was just like really rebelling at that time because my best friend had just died from cancer. Um, oh, and, and he was 14 years old. And it was such a hard moment for me um, of just trying to deal with that and just move forward in life. and. So I was, I was dealing with a lot of issues at that time. And so I'll never forget um, that we ended up, one of my teachers I had for summer school, he was like, oh, well, um, I need your parent or grandfather or someone to sign this thing. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I just kept saying my grandfather was busy. And then one day I'll never forget, my grandfather used to drive this, this Astro van and it had reflectors on it and it would make backup noise. I'm like, oh Lord. So you knew when he was coming, but my grandfather is kind of like my saving grace because he was always there supporting me and gave me everything I needed. So this afternoon, I was kind of trying to run to the van and then the teacher caught me halfway. He was like, uh, is this your grandfather? I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, okay, we got to go. And he's like, no, I need to talk to him. And then my grandfather found out I had been kind of like skipping some of my classes. And <laughs> so I got in all kind of trouble. And my grandfather, like he told me, he said, I'm disappointed in you. And it's and disappointment is almost worse than hate for me because disappointment means oh, I yeah. I expected you to do better than this and this is what you've done and so that really motivated me and from that day forward I ended up being on honor roll finishing school being accepted to some of the bigger Division One schools and I chose to stay you know in New Orleans and take care of my grandmother because my grandfather that at that time um, had passed away right before my graduation. And so I use that as motivation of, hey, you know, I've done a lot of bad things and, and had to learn a lot of lessons, but I had a, a saving grace, someone who, who saw or gave me an opportunity to see something different within myself. And then I was able to make a better life for where I am today. So I always shout out my grandfather because he's been gone now for 19 years, but he's always been someone who supported me and gave me the strength that I needed to become who I am today. So I had to well, learn and, it. And Jerry, I, I want to say, I, I am sorry about the loss of your grandfather, but I am, I, it is so awesome to hear that this, the music is, is reaching people and they're connecting with it in their own way. So I'm guessing when you hear that song, you think of your grandpa for a man that didn't know nothing because you're saying he was kind of your, your, your guidance then, like you were saying, the person you never wanted to let down, the person that taught you a lot of things. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't, I don't, everyone who kind of knows me knows my relationship with my dad is, is not a great relationship. Um, and so 
I always look at it as I never try to talk down about others. I just realized that in order for me to grow and to become who I am as and now as a licensed professional counselor full time and doing the podcast for fun and reaching so many people is that, you know, I needed to go through those growing pains so that I could become this beacon of hope for others, but also to be able to empathize with people who are going through struggles. I can feel it a lot differently than what I would have if I had everything given to me. So I feel like this is, you know, it's a full circle moment for me too, talking to someone who I really, I have so much admiration for you um, of what you've been able to do and accomplish, but that you seem from what I can tell to have a genuine heart and soul for the music and for your fans. So we, we really appreciate what you have brought and those lyrics to that song is just amazing. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah. Me and uh, my co-writers on it. Um, it was, it was interesting. Like sometimes, you know, when writing songs here in Nashville, sometimes the songs take multiple writes. Sometimes they come out in like a couple hours and um, sometimes they never get finished. You just can't, can't seem to totally wrap your head around the idea. And uh, a man that didn't know nothing was one of those songs where once we got on the idea, uh, it, it, it wrote it, it basically wrote itself in, in, a, in a few hours um, and we knew we had something special with the song the day we left. We, we thought it was super strong. And one thing that I, I personally remember about the writer's room when I was there writing it, um, we were writing it at Spirit Music here in Nashville. And um, I know I remember thinking like we could have put like the guys talking about, do we say dad? Do we say grandpa? Do we say any of this stuff? And I, I'm just super glad that even though we were thinking those things, we didn't ever put a direct, it's just, you know, a man that didn't know nothing. Sure. There's something from a man that didn't know nothing. And I just love how we wrote it kind of in the sense where it can be relatable in your, like what you're saying, it could be your grandpa, it could be your uncle, it could be your dad. It could be somebody who acted uh, as that role model for you. It could be a stepdad. It could be whoever that person is in your life, you know? I, I totally get it. And I think it, like I say, it's one of my favorite songs. I mean, Country Kids will always be number one in my eyes because it's just a song that really, and hopefully a new song you're releasing will be another number one for me. But Country Kids just reminds me of just smiling and sitting back and, and just experiencing your childhood. But I feel like a man that didn't know nothing is like when you've grown and you've seen your life evolve, like you can look back and see, oh, wow, I, I've, I've gained a lot of insight for sure. Yeah, and, and and again, I appreciate uh, all the support on the music. And hey, something else that's kind of interesting, maybe you know that the people listening uh, might want to hear about is uh, something uh, that I found that like whenever I do podcasts or, or any sort of um, where we get to people get to kind of get an insight of like the music industry and stuff that what we're doing is like it's so crazy because. I have like over a hundred songs that we've recorded and, and, and I have them on my phone uh, and we're always battling on which ones to release. Like I have so much content. Um, I wish the world just could hear all of it. It just becomes too hard to try to release all of it. And it's always a struggle, which ones to release, which ones to not. But um, yeah, I, I really do that. that there, we have so much new music for y'all to hear and like just, on all different concepts, it's kind of crazy, but um, yeah, we got we got over a hundred songs in the can that are already recorded, and uh, so I I really do I hope that uh, all this we're, we'll be dropping a lot of music you know continuously, but uh, hopefully you do hopefully you do dig it. So what what Styles is saying is that he's gonna let me listen to all hundred songs. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> hey, absolutely, uh, Darryl, I can absolutely send you a link that you could uh, check it out. Oh, well, I definitely I, I love an exclusive, you know, sneak peek, and then I can definitely tell you, hey, this sounds like a really good lead single. I'm really good at having a keen ear for like certain stuff. So like, if you need my opinion, I'd say, hey, I really enjoyed that. That might be a really good song. Absolutely, I, I always love to get uh, as many opinions on songs as possible because at the, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we try our best to, to write and pick the ones that we feel are best. And like, that's why I've tried to put a lot of like snippets of like little demos and sneak peeks on like 
the, on Instagram stories or YouTube shorts or TikTok or, um, you know, to try to get some feelers out there. Like I tell every time I, I meet people at the shows or wherever, I'm like, hey, get on the Instagram comment. Let us know what you think. Like, even if it's negative, like just leave a comment, give us some feedback. Like the engagement helps us so much. Like, please get on there and just say something. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm not going to be a Simon Cow, but I would definitely give you some positive you know, <laughs> feedback and just saying, hey, you know what, this is what I like about this. Because I feel like, you know, if it evokes an emotion within someone, then you know you have a hit. So it kind of goes into my next one that I really love that you did as well, which is one life ain't enough. So if you can trade places with any person from around the world for only a day, who would you choose and what type of change do you feel you can make with that person's power and influence? Oh man, that's tough. I don't know. That's like, that is a tough question. Hmm. I can answer it for you. Mine first. And that may, may give you some time to think. Um, if I could trade places with any one person, I probably would want to trade places with P. Diddy and with Puffy Combs. And the reason being, um, not saying that I'm the biggest fan, I, I love his entrepreneurship and what he's been able to do, but just sitting back and just being around Biggie, like if, oh my God, like just during that era, if I can go even further back, I know that Biggie's not here anymore, but like just to sit down and talk to the Notorious B.I.G. and just be in the room when the music is being made and just that influence to me, if it was a past, that would be one person I would love to talk to Puff Daddy when he was with Biggie. If it's in the present, I probably would want to trade places with Guy Fieri. Uh, I know this is kind of weird, but I love his burgers and just his food. And I'm like, this guy <laughs> seems like a cool person to just do the, the driver's dine-ins and dives and just like be on there one day, just taste testing food and just... <laughs> having a good time <laughs> we're having burgers tonight that's so funny that you say that we're having <laughs> i wanted to make it a fun one but like if it was definitely but i love guy fieri because he was on one of my favorite shows the the next food network star and just to see where he started his career to just where he is now like um i could choose a serious person but I, when i'm i want him to be lighthearted. but i would love to just sit down with him and be like where do you come up with these ideas because he just is an amazing cook to me, and I just love his personality. So those are the two people, past P. Diddy with Notorious B.I.G., currently, for sure, Guy Fieri. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, I, if I was – if I'm talking about the past, I guess this is going to sound kind of crazy, but, like, one th – I've, I've always been super intrigued by, like, um, Steve Jobs or some – you know, the guy – the guys um, that are the big dreamers, the guys that color outside the lines, the guys that they where people only think something is impossible until you do it. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm, I'm like, a, I'm, and maybe he's a bad example, I guess, but, but any people, maybe like, yeah, I guess maybe like maybe to see what Einstein was, you know, Albert Einstein or, or, or Steve Jobs or just people someone like that to, to switch positions with them for a day would be so interesting because I, I have a brain that I guess is ADHD, super ADHD all over the board all the time. And, you know, being in the music industry, it's, it's, I feel like there's some similarities. You kind of, you're chasing something that a lot of people think is impossible and you, and you have to be creative in, in, in that sense. But those guys to be creative but also like they have like the left and the right brain both working where it's like the creativeness with the like super intelligent math, science, whatever it is that makes them tick the way they do. It's just super interesting to me. I, I watch a lot of stuff on that. I, I, I listen to a lot of stuff on just kind of those, those kind of cats with like the big thinkers The you know, like this is going to sound really wild, but like, Someone like him, you know, they, it was like um, like the last moments of people like that on their on their on their deathbed, where they have all this money and all this stuff like that 
it doesn't mean nothing to them at that point. They talk about they should have spent more time with their family, not so much, you know, working, you know, all these things that like, it's just super intriguing to me, like, would be very interesting to, to be inside their head and see how it, they tick, you know? I agree. I, I mean, everyone knows I always talk about Dr. Martin Luther King, and that goes without noticing how amazing his impact was. So I didn't want to use him again because I've used him many times on the podcast as someone who has influenced me, not only as a person of color, but just someone who just really wanted to see less divisiveness in the world and more inclusion. And yep. he stood for things that maybe other people were too afraid to stand in the forefront of at a time where there was a lot of tension and not just racial tension, but just tension in general that this world was going through. And so I think of like my parents and think of my grandparents who lived through some challenges that I was afforded the opportunity not to have to go through to this extent. And yeah. so that has given me just such, you know, a, a wealth of knowledge, but the tutelage of what they were able to instill in so many other people around the world. And it might have changed people who had hate in their heart and said, hey, if this guy could still love me through what I think of him and what I've said, and he still didn't judge me, but he loved me in that scenario. I mean, that's just someone who I admire for sure. But yeah, and like and it's yeah. people that that are that make the impact what make what people believe is impossible or coloring inside the lines it's the people that coloring outside the lines that you know it's the dreamers you know and honestly i just i guess that that is for me somewhat somebody like that you know maybe not directly steve jobs or you know albert einstein or whoever but it's like just those kind of people you know like that are would be interesting just to swap for a day, you know? Um, Absolutely. I love that. I mean, I think you answered it perfectly because I didn't want you to give me a, just a direct answer. I wanted you to kind of think about it because that's something for you to think about tonight. Like, hey, if I was given an opportunity, like how could I influence people? And I feel like that's something we learn even today. Like as a, the president of the United States, I would never want that role um, because I feel like there's a lot that comes with it. But just think about the pressure that everyone feels, you know, having to be in that political, you know, climate and, and how you have people for and against certain things. And then you have to try to remain as neutral as possible. It's, it's just a lot to take on. So I love people that stand out and like you said, color outside the line sometimes and can share their experiences for sure. Absolutely. And, and, I, and one thing for me is like, and I feel that way, on a, on a dreamer level, you know, it's like, if somebody has a dream, you know, chase it, you know, um, or, you know, like some people, <laughs> this is funny. I have some people in town say, you know, they go, Are you chasing the dream. And they say, nah, the dream's chasing me. <laughs> like, I love that. I totally I love, love that. that. But you know, it's like, it's super funny, but it's like, it's, it's like that, man. And it's like, and, and, and I would, I would hate, I, like you said, I would hate to be in that position too. For me, uh, me personally, and, and now, like you said, getting me thinking about that, like if I had to switch with somebody, I I would be somebody like that. But I would never want to switch to anybody with too much power or any political role because I, I, do, I don't watch any of that stuff. I, I stay compl far away from politics, honestly, and this sounds really bad, but I, I don't I don't dive into any of that stuff. I, all I focus on is uh, is music and the outdoors and um you know we we're talking about swapping with people uh honestly and and it says uh, this on my record a song uh that's on there is when a father's born uh i my my daughter just turned one years old her name's river she just turned one years old on 420 and uh i will say after having her and you know the the life uh that i am currently in regardless of the music you know and, um any of that stuff like being able to make a living doing what I love and being with uh, my wife and having a family and now having our daughter um, for me personally, I, I just, even when stuff in the world or the music or anything goes not my way, I'm just super, I'm happy to be in the boots that I'm in right now because I'm just grateful because becoming 
becoming a dad was like it totally rewires uh rewires you you know it's like change it does it changes the game and you know becoming a husband and and doing that and 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 becoming uh, a dad but also i will say you know right right before river was born i also connected in with my faith uh closer than i was before and and it just I think it overall may, it makes you better, you know, and it's just, it's pretty cool. You know, it's pretty cool. So. Well, I'm just so happy that that river is here and happy belated birthday to river. Just so excited that she's here and she's, she's helping to create impacts in, in not only your life, but so many other people. And, and this is going to be something down the line, hopefully when she gets older and she made to listen back and realize how much love and admiration you have for her, but what you're sacrificing to make a better life for your family. So uh, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Styles has a great heart, you guys. This is something that you can just tell. It's a genuineness, and I think that's great. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. And uh, not, this is another little side note. Sorry, I'm, I'm totally chatting crazy here. But uh, speaking of that, when you said something she could look back on, uh, when me and my wife got married, uh, it was actually like right before our wedding. We had everything planned. And, Everything was uh, ready to go, and we found out, you know, we were going to have River, and we were like, oh, my gosh, like, this is crazy. Like, well, we got to cancel the alcohol to wedding. This is kind of crazy, like, you know, just to try to make it cool, whatever. And we didn't tell everybody at the wedding, and then we ended up, but like, before the wedding, and then at the wedding, uh, uh, during when everyone was giving speeches and stuff, somebody kind of dropped a bomb, and then we're like, okay, well, we got to we got to just tell them at this point. So we ended up telling them, but one thing that you can go on the internet right now and find is uh, I have a music video out for, I wrote a song called she's that kind of beautiful. I wrote that with a couple other friends, uh, for, um, my wedding. And, uh, when all of our family and everybody thought that, uh, my friends that were there, they thought they were shooting photos and it was actually my film guy and they shot a music video um, for it at the wedding and it was all like this was the coolest part um, the only part that was not 100% real like this is not like a lot of videos you see are staged and my goal was one for river to have it in the future two to surprise the family and they had thought we were taking pictures we were really shooting a music video and it made it on vivo and a bunch of places picked it up which was super cool cmt and some other places but uh they uh the only part that was like staged was where I was singing to the camera where it cuts back where for me singing, I was just playing the song in my pocket and I had to do it almost secretly. So like we only got a few takes. So like put the phone in my pocket and sang with the song, they recorded it. And then uh, the rest of the entire thing was real. It was the actual wedding. It was no stage, no fluff, no props, nothing. It was real. And one, I was super cool because it made the family, they can relive it whenever they want. My wife can relive it whenever she wants river. When she grows up, she gets to kind of be there, you know what I'm saying? And uh, it was just super cool. It was, it was really cool. And then to see how that went over with the people on the internet, it was super cool because I feel like the people could tell that it was real. It was, nothing was staged, you know what I mean? It was just like super cool. And I had never done a music video like that. And for me, like you, I know you said, like, look, River, like going back and listening to the podcast or, you know, whatever she digs up, but that, that is one that I am looking forward to her uh, watching in the future and just pretty cool, you know, just something we did that I thought was cool to share. So. I think that is amazing. I really think you did a great job of just kind of doing something spontaneous, which has led to something that can be memorable for for years to come. So I'm excited to, I'm going to have to check that one. I haven't seen that one yet. So I will definitely check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Check it out and, and definitely let me know what you think. And that uh, video was shot at Norris Lake in Tennessee. Um, and I, what I found out when I was there, Norris Lake is actually the cleanest uh, lake uh, in Tennessee. And it was beautiful out there. Like uh, it was, it was super cool. We went, we went fishing out there and, went uh wakeboarding and we, we were on these everyone rented these houses on this lake for a couple of days and we grilled out and, and drank and uh went on the pontoon and 
it was just it was a cool cool place and uh so if anybody's looking for a place to go that i think is awesome uh definitely a bucket list visit uh would be uh norris lake in the smoky mountains tennessee out by rocky top it was like it's cool it is super cool like so awesome i got a real fun one for you now this is gonna catch you off guard all right so next question is f-150 so if you could describe any part of a car that reminds you of your musical journey thus far what part of a car would you choose and why it would have to be probably hmm, either it wouldn't be a, maybe it's not a, on a car but every like on our on our tour bus every time i look at any of the the coolant hoses they're like big coolant hoses mm-hmm. or i guess really uh i guess yeah on buses or uh whatever but every time i look at uh coolant hoses on a bus or i see them it always makes me think of the time that the coolant hose broke um while we were in north carolina on the bus and it was overheating and we were stuck in this, we were like, we had some random person guy who we, hopefully we trusted. We had a couple of guys that were like, hopefully this guy isn't a crazy lunatic. Uh, but can you, you know, we got him to take us down to this Napa parts and they, we had, we got a piece of hosing that wasn't even meant for, for the Detroit motor in the back of this, this bus and uh, got some hose clamps and we did, we fixed it and we got back on the road and got back and uh, it was just crazy because it was like, it makes me think of that bus breaking down and doing that. Uh, and uh, I guess it maybe tires. I remember the first time we ever did a show, the first show we ever had, we drove, went to drive to North Carolina uh, and tire went out um, and we had no tools with us. Um, so we ended up uh, walking to the nearest exit and getting going to AutoZone, and they were just closing. We begged them, like, can you please let us use your tools? We'll, we promise we'll bring them back. We'll leave them in front of the door. And, like, luckily this, this young guy is like, all right, man, yeah, I, I'll, I'll help you out, you know. So we did, and he stayed, uh, and we did. We, we took the tools back, and we, and we ended up uh, getting the tire changed, and, and then we delivered the tools back. But that one, remember – that was the very first time we ever went anywhere to play a show. And it was just like, we knew right out the rip that it was going to be, we were definitely going to have to get used to those situations or start bringing tools with us. So now we definitely bring a full load of tools wherever <laughs> we go because it, it, it never fails. I mean, it definitely, something happens. It's pretty funny. And a lot of my buddies or whoever we're with, they go, man, they always bust on me. They're like, man, it's only when I'm with you. It's only when we got something we have to go do and we're out of <laughs> deadline. And we always run into some sort of monkey wrench right in the middle of what we're trying to do. And I'm like, man, I know. And I tell them, like, I don't know, man. It's like weird. It's like always when you're out of deadline, something like that happens. So. I, I love that. <laughs> and uh, what's crazy about F-150 is that song uh, is real. I, you know, I had an F-150 for a long time until I had River in the frame. Uh, my buddy Jared, uh, uh, he drives the bus for us, and uh, we went turkey hunting this past uh, week and lucked out, and he, he got his first bird. And anyways, uh, he, he – um, Jared uh, helped me inspect my F-150. It was like right after we uh, I ha- we, we had River and we realized that, you know, it was older, you know, and it did have over 100. It had 100,000 miles on it when I when I got it. And uh, it was like 170,000 miles or something on it. And uh, the frame was just rotted out. And I did. I made the tough decision. But it was like it was tough, but it was easy because, like, I, I had to get a new vehicle because uh, – you know, we have river, we need something safe and reliable, but I was, I was set on running that thing into the dirt. And, uh, because I, I don't know, I just love that thing. We, we took that thing all over. That thing was like a road warrior with us. And, uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, so the F one fifty is gone. So, but that's where that song came from. Okay, <laughs> I love the backstory of that. That is really cool. But I was thinking, for me, if I chose something for you, and then it also kind of relates to my show as well, I would use windshield wipers. And the reason I say that is because when, let's say if it's raining really hard and you're wiping it clear, like you get a distorted view of what you think it looks like. But when you clean the mirror and you actually see the other side, it's like you get to choose how fast you want it to go, how slow, or if you just decide to just let whatever happen, happen. And I feel like with, oh, with music. Oh, cool. I take that. That's awesome, man. I love that. <laughs> and I think of your music that way, like that's just what I think of when I hear your music. It's not about what someone thinks about it. It's about that this is your clear picture. This is what you decided you wanted to produce. This is how you want people to view you. And then you get to choose, hey, I want to kind of do this this way or do it that way. And then when I'm actually in a dry space or I get to clean my window, then I get to look at it from a different purview. So that's one thing. And then the second thing I thought about was just kind of looking at a rear view mirror because sometimes just a mirror can just kind of be a reflection of what you think. And so I think for you sometimes just be able to have a mirror um, to see, hey, this is what I see. Is this the reflection I want within myself? Is this something that I see that maybe, or someone else can see something that maybe I didn't see within myself? Um, so I think for you, a mirror might be one and maybe the windshield wipers. Those are the two I thought of uh, when I think of your music. Wow, well that's crazy. And like when you just said, "Do this," like my like I said, my ADHD will kick in and I'll be I'll go on a totally different thought. But when you said windshield to the rear view, that we have a song. It's coming out of my next project. It's called Now, and uh, the line to the hook is it, it says, uh, "It ain't about the windshield or the rear view. Long long as it's uh, me here with you. Can't believe I got my arms around." Or I, I I can't I can't wrap my head around I can't wrap my head around what I got my arms around now. Wow. See, this is something. I'm. This is the weirdest thing, but I'm gonna tell you this. People have always told me that I can see things before it happens, or I know stuff, and I'm pretty good at that. Like where I will sit down and I can tell you almost to the day or time something's happening. So my listeners, anyone who's close friends with me, they know that they're like, oh, if Jared tells you this, then you better really take heed to this because he's pretty dead on with this. And that is, I'm telling you, there was one incident where I felt something was going to happen and it was almost 10 minutes to the time of when I thought it was going to happen that it happened. And it happened in the order in which I thought it would. And that was weird. I was like, Oh, I don't know how to feel about this, but like (laughs) literally, literally I was able to map the entire day. I was like, Oh, this is scary. (laughs) <laughs> dude that's crazy that is it is crazy like it's good in one way but when it's something bad i'm feeling then normally it's not a great thing so i'm like well, i can emotionally be prepared for it but i it's not something you can just fully deal with and so my mom always said to make sure I take care of myself so I don't burn out, you know, from it. But it's just something where, yeah. So that's weird that I came on those two and I didn't even know that was part of a song. So that's cool. (laughs) Dude, that's crazy. Jerry got the psychic vibes going on. Uh Uh-oh. And you know what? I'm going to have to get my 10% from, what he's saying is I'm going to get 10% of that. No, I'm playing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. So, Styles, I got a couple of more. We got, we got a few more questions. So mm-hmm. the first one I want, if you can give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Styles? And I want you to actually choose an age. Uh, I would probably say 20-year-old Styles and the advice I would give myself then would be to still, you're going to Nashville. You know, we know you want, you know, tell myself, hey, I know you want to move to Nashville. I know you're, you're wanting to get out there and do it. 
and I would, I would tell myself to, I would have drove back home more often and not be, not been so focused on the grind of getting into the music business. And like, I know I wouldn't be maybe right here right now, but looking back on it, I, one thing, and like, I did go back home a lot, but it's like, I wish I would have just done it more. Uh, reason being is uh, when I had moved, uh, my, my grandfather, my dad's dad, had a, he had colon cancer. He had got diagnosed with colon cancer. Uh, well, his appendix ruptured, and then he got you know, diagnosed a little bit later on. And, and then um, my, my grandfather and my grandma were living with my dad at the time. And, and I decided to, you know, move to Nashville. They wanted me to move to Nashville. They, they didn't want me to, you know, not do what I needed to do. My dad, you know, everybody was pushing me to go. Uh, and it was something I wanted to do, you know. And, and they didn't want me. I felt like I wanted to stick around, you know, because I was like, I was worried about, you know, them passing away. And, and it was just crazy because uh, it wasn't, it wasn't long. I mean, I, I, I was in Nashville and it goes, it, it does, it goes by. And one of my friends wrote the song for Kenny Chesney, um, Don't Blink. Uh, my friend Casey Bethard wrote that song, one of my favorite songs of all time. And, and I, I, that's, I think it's so true because if I could go back to my 20 year old self, I would say, you know, yes, move to Nashville, do this, but go home a lot more often or, or take your time getting there uh, because you don't have as much time as you think. And, and once you, you know, you can't go back once, you know, they're gone. And, and my, my grandfather did pass away from colon cancer. And then a year later, my grandma passed away from lung cancer. Like, you know, they were married for a long time and it, it wasn't one of those things where one passes away and the next one, you know, it's kind of that thing. But it was like, it doesn't get really real until it happens, you know? And uh, it was it was after those, after that happened, that is when I, I wrote, a, you know, a couple songs. Busy Man uh, was one of those songs. Um, and... Uh, that song is, that's what it's about. It's about not staying so busy, man. Uh, and then referring to busy, man, because that's, that is what I felt like I was at that time. It was like the grind of just, I was tunnel vision on getting in to the industry and beating down every door and making every connection and doing everything I could. And like, I guess for my career, that's, that's good, you know, but for, you know, time with your grandparents or your, or your parents, you know, the time's limited. So I will say nowadays, especially, you know, with my dad or my mom or River or Bree, it changes, uh, it changes your, your thought process, at least mine. You know, it is something where you, you do, you think about it, everything, you know, like going somewhere and doing something else or going hunting with your dad, or going fishing with your dad, or, hey, going to a baseball game with your dad, or going to church with your wife, or, or being at home for dinner, or doing this, or doing that. It's like, all of a sudden, when it becomes a burden, like like what you thought was a burden, oh, I'm busy, I gotta do this, and, uh, it's a burden, I can't go and do this right now. All of a sudden, now it's like, it does, it, it's clear, like, no, I, everything else can wait, you know, uh, because you don't know how many mo moments you know, and you can that the, to spend with your family or loved ones that is special, uh, because once they're gone, they're gone. You know. And I agree with that statement. That's the hardest thing. I think it's one piece of advice I probably would give myself is to laugh more. Um, and I feel like as a kid, I wasn't given many opportunities to smile and laugh because of just a lot of traumatic things I experienced, but. I do remember when I did have those small moments where I really did have joy and laughter. It was just, it was a special moment. And I, I think now everyone knows me now, I will crack a joke in a second and not to be like sarcastic, but to really to help to enrich my life because I know that laughter is good medicine and it does help you to feel better. 
and it does have a lot of healing properties even to your body of just being able to laugh and, and smile more and to be you know congenial and be able to show other people a different side of yourself and so for me um i think of if i can laugh through some things and talk through it and, and share uh, i can still face my fears i can still deal with the pain um, that might arise to what I'm experiencing, but I can still find a purpose in the laughter. And so I think I would tell my younger self definitely to laugh more, enjoy the moments and not rush adulthood. Don't try to become an adult because yeah. you're gonna have a lot of responsibility and you're gonna have less time and you may not have all the tools. You know, yeah. And you know what's so funny is like, I, I do remember back in like, whether it's grade school or high school or whatever, all these people tell me, oh, these are going to be the best. These are the best days of your life. You're going to, you're going to want to back someday. I'm like, yeah, right. Like, even for a long time, I thought that. And then looking back, you know, they weren't the best days of my life, but they were good. And I should have, I wish, I, like you said, I wish I would have soaked it up more and not worried about, I was too worried about growing up, you know? Right. And, some, and sometimes we, we are forced to grow up earlier. And, and that's a hard thing, too, of... There's a part of you, like your childhood, you're like, man, I wish I had the opportunity that some other kids had. Um, our family, we were working and doing stuff at a very young age, so I really didn't have as much time for me. But, you know, I know my higher power works in mysterious ways, and he gave me an opportunity to build relationships for sure. Yeah. Well, to admit, when you said, uh, you know, you wish... Hey Styles, I think you're um I think you may have a weak signal, so just give it a few seconds and then you might have to try to repeat that again for us. Uh how about now? Is that any better? Hey, Styles, I think it's cutting out a little. Um, so you guys, just we're going to give it a few minutes. This is kind of one of those things we just have to kind of work through it the best we can. Um, but I think Styles may be having some technical issues on, on his end. But we're going to give it a second, if, if y'all don't mind. How about now? All right, Styles. Okay, we can hear you a lot perfectly. So repeat that again. I'm I'm sorry about that. And this is a part of just how shows work, right? We just have to make it work, uh, like a real live on tour, right? We would have to just kind of keep going. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Can you still hear me? Let's see. Can you still hear me? Hey Jerry, are you there? Oh, all right. Now, we, okay, cool. I my I, I just disconnected my AirPods and put them back in, and I think it's good now. But uh, uh, no, I'm saying that I I have a tendency to laugh at trauma. Like this sounds terrible, but like it's like that is just like for whatever reason that's how I deal like with like for example, my dad he gets very irritated when I. But I do this with my buddies and family know this and they're like, dude, you better get away from your dad. He's going to blow a gasket right now. Like You got to stop laughing. And I try not to, but it's like, we'll be working on something and like something happened or whatever. Like, for example, this sounds like really ridiculous, but he had a crowbar on the side of the door jam of the house and we were working on putting this new door jam in and he had this, it was pretty late. It was like nine o'clock and you know, he was complaining, why did he want to start working on a door jam at 9 p.m.? You know, I was like, I don't know, what's it, whatever. And he's rushing around, and he puts this, like, two-foot crowbar in the side of the door jam, and then walks inside to get something, and walks back out, and walks into the crowbar, clogs himself in the head, and then he's, and he's, he's holding his head, and I'm like, oh, oh. and I'm, I was like, oh, dang, dude, are you all right? And he's like, are you laughing? Are you laughing? He's like, he's like, get the F away from me right now. Like, he's like, I'm like, oh, dude, sorry, I'm not trying to. He's like, you know, he's like, what is wrong with you? He's like, you know, somebody gets hurt and you laugh. Like, and I'm like, 
dude, it was, I was like, I'm not trying to laugh, but that was like a cartoon. You walked into a crowbar like that. <laughs> like, what the heck? And then, uh, but yeah, so then my one, one other situation, I was going to tell you two more, dude. It's like ridiculous. I shouldn't laugh, but it's like one of my buddies in my band, um, and there's a lot of, if any of my buddies are listening to this, they know this. So uh, my buddy, Zach, uh, he was the guitar player in our, in our band. And uh, it was raining outside. And I told Zach, I was like, hey, dude, uh, can you go shut the garage door? This is before we ever moved to Nashville. I was like, hey, dude, can you go shut the garage door? It's raining on our gear. And my dad had, I don't know how, they timed it perfectly, dude. He ran out to his truck to get a pack of cigarettes. It was running back in the garage with his hand over his eyes, and Zach had hit the button, and um, the garage door started coming down. Dude, he ran straight into the garage door coming down, smashed, dude, it cracked his head back, like, and, and my place had the whole door spot wobbling, and he went down, my dad went down, he thought somebody hit him with a ball bat, he said, uh... And he looked up and started cussing like crazy, asking him, what the F's wrong with you, dude? Why would you, why would you close the garage door on my head? Like, you can't see me coming inside. And he had his hand, hand over his eyes, so he was running full blast. And he, like, dude, man, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy's accent, his head was gone. He's like, it, it, it snapped back and hit the back of his back. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what the heck, and then he heard me laughing when, when he told me he shut the garage door. My dad ran to the garage door. I, I, mean, I couldn't help it, dude. I'm like, no way. Like, I was not, and then he come in. And at this time, I was still living with him. And he said, are you laughing? Are you laughing at me? He's like, you'll be out of here so quick. Your head will spin. He was telling me I'm going to easy to kick me out of his house. Because I'm, uh, you know, again, like I was saying, when you say you laugh, what if she would laugh more? Like, I was like, just thinking, like, I have a tendency to laugh at that stuff and I shouldn't be laughing at this stuff dude like what the heck is wrong with me like why can I not control <laughs> yeah oh yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah yeah your head your head be spinning your head be spinning like the way it just uh hit that garage door <laughs> Anyways, dude, but yeah, yeah, so it was, dude, it was seriously, it was super funny, man, like, and my dad, he laughs about it now, um, but yeah, so, yeah, it was wild, man, it was wild. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's, you know what's crazy, man, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. No, I'll say what's crazy though is don't let my dad fool you. He'll if if I get hurt, he's first one to laugh too. Or but he'll do it like on purpose, like now because if he like and not I'm uh you know I mean we're like best friends now, but you know he'll I'll get hurt now, you know he'll he'll literally on purpose like ha 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 and point at me, you know he's like pointing at me doing. Yeah, it's so funny, ain't it? <laughs> and he's like, because he's making fun of me, because I'm always laughing. So that if I get hurt, you know, hit my shin on the on the trailer hitch or whatever, you know, and then he points and laughs and jokingly, like not actually laughing, but trying to act like he's laughing because he always, I'm always laughing when you know he runs into the crowbars or the the garage doors or whatever. Sorry, you cut, Jerry, you cut out, you cut out there. Sorry, can you repeat that one more time? Okay, uh, so what's next for me is, uh, you know, I'm going to be uh, releasing a lot more music uh, for the rest of the year. 
uh, I got um, a couple more singles off the album that are going to be pushed. Um, that's out currently. We're going to, you know, do that. I just finished up the Craig Campbell tour, and we're going to be playing a lot of shows uh, through the rest of the year. Uh, you know, till about Christmas, we're going to be we're going to be hitting the road, and so uh, playing a lot of shows and doing a lot of team ups and endorsements with different companies and creating a lot more TikToks and uh, videos uh, for YouTube and just we're going to turn the uh, the the content through the roof uh, pretty soon here. We're about to turn the dial up and start creating a lot of fun content and not just music related or not just um, hunting or fishing related, but really start uh, taking people through um, kind of like my goal is to like really bring people into my world and let them get try to because I wasn't really as good with this before uh, and I'm trying to get better at it and I, I am going to turn the dial up. You know, we got a team we're working with now that we're going to do it. It's going to be super fun. It's like just bringing people along with everything we're doing, you know, what, whether it's like something around the house or hanging out with river or, you know, hanging around here at the farm or, or in the studio or on the road or just like a lot more behind the scenes stuff, really getting to know me and my lifestyle and what I'm all about and uh, a lot more music and a lot more shows. I know, it's crazy. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, Jerry, what, uh, what big city are you guys near? Like what state are you in? So you're, so, so you're in Louisiana now, like, are you down, uh, uh, on the, like by the coast or? Yeah. So do they have, you guys got a lot of uh, like uh, crawl dads and, and, and good food in that area? Is it, is it, now is it, I've never been to that area. Is it like, is it swampy out there? Or? Okay. Okay. The, the shows and hopefully if we're if we're anywhere in the area come out we'll, we'll make some videos we'll, we'll have some fun do do some lives like it would be it would be awesome to link up and and definitely get some more content and and stuff for, for your podcast and, and for my page and that would be that would be super cool man
Awesome, man. Well, thank you. And, and for the listeners, uh, where they can find me is uh, if you type in uh, Styles Howery Music, uh, S-T-Y-L-E-S-H-A-U-R-Y Music, on TikTok, Instagram, Spotify, any of the digital streaming platforms, uh, check out my new album and, and definitely give me a follow on TikTok and stuff and and, and come hang out with uh, me and the band virtually and, and hopefully come out to a show. And if for the listeners, if you come out to a show, definitely come up to us, say hi. We want to hang out. Uh, if we're at the merch booth, come come get a piece of swag and, and hang out. And uh, we love to meet everybody we can and build relationships with as many people as possible. So come hang out. And uh, we do. We, uh, me and the guys appreciate all the support um, from everyone. And if it wasn't for y'all, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So all love from us. Well, thank you, Jerry. I, I really appreciate you having me here on uh, Black Canvas, and thank you so much, man. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Jerry. Have a great night. Bye.